Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You are being watched. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Person of Interest. These people irrelevant. We don't. Hunted by the authorities. We work in secret. You'll never find us. But victim or perpetrator, if your number's up, we'll find you. We'll be discussing Season 4, Episode 10, titled The Cold War. Yet another magnificent, magnificent episode. Holy goddamn shit. This is one of the most spectacular episodes in all person of interest, quite honestly. And, okay, so I want to talk about this episode a little bit differently than normal. Normally, when I'm talking about person of interest, I'll do a little bit of a blow-by-blow, talk about all the specific plot points... And we'll get into that a little bit this episode on some of the finer subplots as we go on. But I want to at the very least spend the bulk of this talking about the thematic exploration this episode gives. Because Person of Interest, just across the board, does a very, very good job of exploring our AI. It is one of the best artificial intelligence stories out there. It is one of the best explorations of artificial intelligence in all of television. But this episode does a particularly remarkable job. It does a particularly incredible job of painting a portrait of what an actual AI-driven future would look like. And it's actually kind of terrifying. It's actually kind of horrific to watch and actually very bone-chilling. Like, so basically, this episode shows Samaritan just on a whim deciding it's going to control all of life in New York City. And it starts by having a day, like, that's just perfect, that's just pristine, that's just amazing, like... It's going to show off what it would look like if Samaritan was a benevolent god, keeping everything orderly and everything just neat and great for everyone. Uh, Samaritan actually deals with a few numbers of its own. There's that that great sequence with Lambert coming up to that one woman and saying, like, hey, I know your husband's beating you. I know you're... Uh, launching this whole plan to kill him. Uh, well, guess what? Uh, I have a friend who's hacking his insulin pump, and he's dead now. Uh, so you're good. Uh, congratulations. And, uh, we see Samaritan, uh, hand the police this ring of ID thieves. And we see Samaritan handing over a bomb. Someone who is going to bomb a building. And all of that, and it's really, really well done. It's really, really spectacularly handled, this ideal version of what Samaritan would do. And it does a good job of showing that while also saying, um, hey, 
just because it's doing a better job of keeping us all safe doesn't mean this is a good thing. Like, Samaritan's literally playing judge, jury, and executioner. There's a reason the machine just gives us a number and that's it and just lets us handle the rest of it. Like, there's a reason the machine is designed with as much user input as possible. Uh, as much human... As much human interaction, as much human handling as possible. Because humanity should decide what to do with the really, 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 really bad people. Like, this is, this might look great, but when you really start to think of the implications of it, it's not all that good. And then, after the machine denies Samaritan's quest for a meeting, which, literally this episode is two super AIs scheduling a, scheduling a meeting, uh, which is insane... But then after the machine refuses, it's like, okay, this is what it looks like with order. Uh, now, we'll see the city in complete chaos that I stir up. And then we get the bad version of Samaritan's future. Or at least the very obviously bad version. Where Samaritan just releases some information, releases people's secrets, and turns people against each other. Uh, it shuts down transportation. It causes traffic gridlocks. Uh, it releases the witness protection list. And now has, like, Fusco and the entire NYPD just running around the city trying to save witness protection people, trying to save these witnesses under witness protection. And, and, like, just causing all of this insanity. And Reese and Finch and Root, like, they're working numbers left and right and, like, are incredibly overwhelmed. And so many people are dying in the midst of all this chaos. Like, Samaritan is quite literally controlling people's lives in this episode. Samaritan is quite literally on a whim saying... Your life's going to go this way. Your life's going to go this way. Your life's going to go this way. And just completely not allowing humanity free will. Completely not allowing humanity to just go in whatever direction it pleases. Like, just think about the implications of that. Think about the implications of an AI, an artificial intelligence, something without human emotions or morals or anything like that, just deciding, okay, you do this, 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 all to serve my purposes. Even the good version, like, let's ignore the chaotic version, but even the orderly version, there's, like, some serious, serious, like, rough, slippery slopes there with the judge, jury, and executioner uh, that Samaritan is playing. And all of this, all of this chaos, all of this uh, deciding people's lives, all of this uh, stirring shit up and just watching the carnage, all of it is only to get the machine in a room with it. And only because it felt like meeting the machine. 
This is literally on a whim. This is literally on a whim of Samaritan of just like, you know what? I kind of feel like meeting the machine. It'd be kind of nice if I meet the machine. And I'm going to do it by controlling the lives of 50 bajillion humans and one day causing everything to be great and the next everything to be shit. And yeah, a bunch of people are going to die because of it, but who cares? They're just humans. I want to meet the I want to meet the smart AI. I want to meet the super AI. That's all I care about. Like it's horrifying. It's incredibly 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 horrifying. Uh, a couple moments I want to point out before we get to the bit I really want to talk about. I do really really love Fusco's occasional check-ins with Reese throughout this episode, where he does not know. He's still blissfully unaware of the machine in Samaritan. Oh, bless his heart. He has no idea what's happening here. He has no idea the field he's playing on. And one day he's like, yeah, we are holding cells, are filled to capacity, and everything's great. Everything's awesome. And then the next day, day Fusco's just like, Oh my god, it's hell! Everything sucks! There's so much happening! And I love that one moment where Fusco's like, Man, I knew yesterday was too good to be true. It's almost like somebody planned this. Wait, did somebody plan this? (laughs) Like, just that moment of just like, Wait a minute, what? What? Wait, wait. Is, is Is something happening here? Is something big happening here and I just don't know? The answer is always yes, Fusco. I'm sorry, but you're not exactly in the loop. Uh, So there's that. I also want to mention the the only thing anyone knows from Person of Interest. Actually, I'm just going to say this. I feel like a lot of the mainstream has seen a pretty big moment from Person of Interest and doesn't realize it's from Person of Interest. And I say that because it's been memed to infinity and for very good reason because it's just an insane-ass scene and it's, like, just so... so worthy of memeing. But, like, you have the church sequence where Lambert's sitting down and then Root points a gun to his head and Martine points a gun to her head. And Reese has a sniper on Martine. (laughs) It's awesome. It's a really cool and really insane sequence. Uh, But there are so many memes that have come from that. So I I would say that, like, a lot of the mainstream has probably had this experience with Person of Interest without knowing it's from Person of Interest. Uh, So there's that. Uh, But that is a great moment. But then we get the actual meeting between the machine and Samaritan. Uh, Amy Acker speaking for the machine... Uh, Root speaking for the machine, and uh, this kid speaking for Samaritan. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he was in Pete's Dragon and The Goldfinch. He starred in both of those films. He's a really good child actor. Uh, Both of them nail it in this scene. Both Amy Acker and this kid freaking nail it. What's really, really terrifying about this for me is, one, so Samaritan just fully indoctrinated a child into its little cult so it can be its spokesperson. So he can be his spokesperson. Which, here's the stark difference between the machine. We know Root's history. Root fully grew up, 
fully became her own person, fully became her own entity, lived her own life, and then decided, I want to be the mouthpiece for the machine. I want to be the analog interface. She let that, she made the decision to become that person. This kid hasn't lived shit. I mean, yeah, Samaritan says, it's like, this boy is uh, is a super genius hacker who's already hacked all these insane places uh, after teaching himself to code. He's a massive genius, but, like, he's still a goddamn kid. And he has not grown up. He has not gotten the chance to live his own life. He has not had the chance to make his own choices. And Samaritan just freaking indoctrinated him at the age of way too small a number. Like, People don't talk about this. People don't talk about this element of person of interest, but it's actually super terrifying if you think about it. It's actually super effed up if you think about it. And we have this meeting between them. It's electrifying. It's brilliantly written. It's so great. Seeing the guardian angel ideology of the machine and the firm hand dictator ideology of Samaritan just fully 100% clash in very literal terms is spectacular to witness. It's really, really amazing. But... All of this essentially boils down to... The the reason Samaritan wanted to have this giant ideological conversation with the machine is not for any peace talks, not for any, like, hey, let's uh, come to an agreement. It's not even for any real strategic advantage on Samaritan's part, it's literally, it literally begins and ends with, man, I wanted to see what a piece of shit, uh, crappy AI who's definitely gonna lose looks like. Now I know. Like, Samaritan did all of this! Samaritan caused all this chaos! Meddled in everyone's lives! Robbed everyone of free will for this period of time and just bent humanity to its own whims, also, it could gloat. Think about how screwed up that is for a second. Think about how horrifying that is for a second that an all powerful super AI meddled in the lives of humanity once for quote-unquote good, and then the next for just pure chaos, caused a bunch of death, caused a bunch of needless death and carnage and chaos, wrecked a bunch of lives, irrevocably, Also, it could glow. It's... It's so terrifying. It really, really is. And once you go down that rabbit hole... Oh boy, you will, eh, you will be very, very, you will have nightmares. (laughs) Going down this rabbit hole will give you all the nightmares for very, very good reason. So this is like the main story of the episode. Uh, We got a couple other things happening. We have flashbacks with Greer uh, back all the way in his 70s MI6 days. And we basically see the story of how Greer just completely lost his faith in human institutions. Where he was sent on this mission to take out a KGB operative. 
that KGB that KGB operative killed a friend of his. And then it was revealed that that KGB operative was actually already turned to MI6 and was working for the deputy chief of the MI6, I think it was. And the reason he was asked to take him out is because the deputy chief of the MI6 is also a double agent for the KGB. So one of the highest of higher-ups of the MI6 was a KGB double agent and sent Greer to kill someone who could identify him who then killed his friend. And you see Greer then immediately retaliate saying like, uh, hey, you're a traitor and you're the worst person, but I'm done with all of this. I'm done with all of this. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Uh, The big, like, invisible lines we draw between nations are meaningless, and uh, one day they'll be irrelevant, and, like, kills this dude, burns his file, his MI6 file, so now Greer is a ghost, and then just walks away, and we know the rest. Uh, So, like, this is the moment that Greer just completely lost faith in human institutions. Uh, Meanwhile, in present day, we have Shaw continuing to be secluded... Uh, in the subway because of being identified by Samaritan, because she was identified by Samaritan, and she's just sort of sitting on the sidelines watching all this chaos happen. I, by the way, love the peace offering that Finch gives of just, like, the meticulously crafted sandwich. (laughs) Like, the very, very, very meticulously crafted sandwich that Finch puts (laughs) the woman working at the sandwich place through hell to get. <laughs> um, but Shaw is like very, very annoyed and is very, very eager to get off the bench and help, especially with all this chaos happening. Eventually, by the end of the episode, Shaw's like, yeah, they need help. I'm I'm getting off the bench. I'm getting back out there. Consequences be damned. I'm going to help them. And then we get this ending where Greer's like, oh, turns out Samaritan is about to do uh, the next stage of kicking off this new era, and uh, it's gonna create a demonstration for the whole world to see. The same time the machine sends Root to Wall Street, not a specific address in Wall Street, just Wall Street, and as she arrives, Samaritan plants a virus that crashes the stock market. So, yeah, that's where we're at now. Samaritan is now crashing the stock market and sending financial institutions into chaos. And that's where we're going to be in the next episode. Get your asses ready. Holy crap. Anyway, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcast or app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I will be putting up there once every month. 
Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow, we will be discussing Season 4, Episode 11. Talk to you then.